Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Tea and Scripture with Trey and Sarah. That's right. We have finally gotten together and we are recording this episode. So, as you guys can see right here, I have my lovely wife is here with us. Hi guys. And we are so excited to be able to bring this to you today. Like I said, this is episode zero, The Way of Wisdom. And I uh, I cannot wait for us to be getting into this. You guys can't see me right now, which is probably fine. You're not going to see a whole lot of me today. You're going to be seeing a lot of her. All about me. Yep. So, um, a matter of fact, I'm going to turn it back over to her. And my love, take it away. It's not really all about me. It's going to be about wisdom. Hi, guys. Sorry. It's been, what, a year? Almost two. Almost two years since I've recorded an episode. You know why? Because three children and farm work and I'm exhausted constantly. Every time he's like, let's record, I'm like, okay, and then I fall asleep. But I'm back as, you know, long as it's been. I hope the buildup has been great for you because this is a beautiful word from God that I felt that I needed to share with everybody because sometimes we find so much beauty in the simplest of verses, when they lift us up and they give us a little more clarity as to why they're there, what they need, I mean, what they mean, what we need, etc. So, um, the first thing I want to talk to you about is how delicious that tea is. Um, is where we're going to be at. We're going to be talking about wisdom today and why wisdom is referred to in the feminine when we read the Bible. Um, specifically I was reading through the book of Proverbs because, you know, it's always a great refresher. Sometimes, you know, going back to the, oh, someone needs you going back to the basics of, you know, what's right, what's wrong. It's a great refresher. Sorry for the child. You hear my husband is on his way to deal with that very thing. Go check on all of them, please. Um, we're going to be, uh, in Proverbs for this, like I said, Proverbs chapter nine, I'm going to wait for him to get back to read the verses for you, but first I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about what um, went through my mind and through my spirit when I was reading about this. Now, um, we see a lot of things in the Bible referred to in the feminine or the masculine. You know, we know that the Holy Spirit is always referred to, you know, in the masculine and wisdom is always referred to in the feminine. You wonder why. Um, and hun, I know you can enlighten for us a little bit about that because you've studied much the masculine and feminine for the, um, I don't want to say not people, but not people. What's the word for that? What? Ethereal. Is that the word? You're talking about spiritual? No, it's a different word. When they're not people, but they're referred to, there's a word. Anthropomorphism. You need to stop. <laughs> that's the word. When you give physical characteristics to something that's not a person, it's called anthropomorphism. I know. I'm just saying, you just found the word in two seconds, and I've been over here. <laughs> that word. He studied it a great deal because, you know, um, he has been helping people understand why the Holy Spirit is masculine and not feminine. And we're going to learn today a little bit about why wisdom might be referred to as a female. So, hon, if you could start with why things are referred to as masculine in the Bible that are anthrop anthropomorphic. Well, I think really what it comes down to is this. I think the entire thing that we're going to talk about today can be boiled down to this one 
small fact. The book of Proverbs talks about taking the commandments of your father and listening to the voice of your mother. That's a terrible paraphrase, but that's how Proverbs chapter 2 no, starts yeah, out. Yeah, it does. So God is our father, right? Yeah. Which would make wisdom our mother. Yeah. And if you read, I don't know where it is. I've got it over here somewhere. But if you were to read the book of Ecclesiasticus or if you were to read the apocryphal book of the, the wisdom of, of, well, those are the same book. Never mind. Um, <laughs> so basically, if you were to read the book of the wisdom of Sirach in the Apocrypha, mm-hmm. also known as Ecclesiasticus, mm-hmm. it comes right out and says that the law is wisdom. Which ah. would make sense because the law would be our mother, right? Yeah. Because it says the law is your schoolmaster, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who was in charge until the schoolmaster in ancient Israel took over? Who was in charge of teaching the children? The women. Exactly. It's and all still, there. And still, a big portion of teachers today in America and all over the world are female. Now, this isn't to say that that's because men aren't wise. That's not the thing. We actually know, we know from scientific research that the woman's brain always thinks emotionally first and the man's thinks logically. Therefore, why is wisdom a female? Because it's not about what we come to first, it's about why we come to it. Now, when a woman thinks emotionally first, she is more prone to wisdom. A man is more prone to what is the black and white and the woman sees the gray. That's why we need both to make a relationship. For example, when you're disciplining your children, we, we have many examples of this because sometimes I see too much gray and sometimes he sees too much black and white. You know, the child does something wrong. Let's start with that. Well, the black and white of a man would, because he's first thinking logically and not emotionally about it, is the child does, has done something wrong. We need to correct it. The woman wants to know why. That's the wisdom. She wants to know why the child did something wrong. For instance, you know, sister hit another sister. Okay, well, in the man's logical brain, of course, she needs to be reprimanded in some way. Whatever way you do that in our house, you know, we don't do timeouts and whatnot like that. We have other ways to discipline. But I want to know why. Why'd she hit her sister? What was the point? And, you know, found out she was feeling very frustrated because her sister was teasing her. Okay, well, that's the issue I need to deal with. And then I need to deal with the response to the issue. That's where the wisdom comes in. That's why wisdom is female. Because being able to see those gray parts makes us think more, I don't want to say in a perfect sense, but more like God sees because he doesn't see the black and white. He sees the gray. He has the black and white rules, which will not be broken. But he sees the gray in the matter, and that's when he gives grace. You have to see the gray to give the grace. Pin that on a bumper sticker. We'll put that on a t-shirt right next to the mind skin. Okay, we're not going to talk about mind skin tonight. <laughs> Renew your mind skin. Uh. Um, but that's why, in, in my humble opinion, that's why wisdom is a female. Because we are hardwired to see that gray area first. God doesn't see somebody's, you know, a murderer like the state might. Uh, you know, the person killed another person. They're a murderer. God might see, all right, well, that man was trying to take advantage of this man's daughter, and then before he could, the man killed him. God's like, okay. I mean, like that that case in Russia? That was the, afterwards. Uh, I'm talking about before. But no, I'm just talking about where the guy did that to the man's daughter. 
the man killed the the you know the guy that did that you, to his daughter. Yeah, you can say it. And well, you got to be careful what words you use on YouTube sometimes. Yeah, I know. That's um, why I stopped myself from the R word. But we all know. But well, this one was more of like a child molester, and he did that to the dude's daughter. He killed the guy, and Russia ruled it a self-inflicted suicide. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. they were like, "What?" They, they they took the guy, and the Russia was like, "What are you talking about taking this man?" It's like this guy clearly stabbed himself thirty-seven times. Mm-hmm. So God would see that gray, whereas the state would be like, "That man is a murderer." So, um, that's why I think let's start Proverbs chapter nine. We're going to be doing verses one through six. And the reason I want to go through these today is to show you how wisdom's journey in the way of wisdom in chapter nine lines up exactly with what our walk in Jesus is supposed to be and how and the order it's supposed to go. So, hon, if you will read us the KJV. All right. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beast, she hath mingled her wine, she hath also furnished her table. She hath set forth her maidens, she crieth upon the highest places of the city. Who is simple? Let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she said to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of my wine, which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish, and live, and go in the way of understanding." How far are we going? That's it. Okay. That's perfect. Um, so we're going to talk about this very thing right here. We're going to break it down verse by verse. We're going to dissect it, and we're going to see how this journey right here, these six verses, are our entire walk in Jesus. And it's beautiful. I'm telling you, when I saw it, when he gave it to me, it was a blessing. It was a gift. Okay. So we're going to go back over. Now, mine's going to say a little bit different than his because, as you know, all know, I can't quite comprehend the KJV, so I compare everything I read in my NKJV to the KJV. So you're going to hear a couple of different words, but I've checked to make sure that these are all pretty much the same. Um, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Now, the first thing you do, the first thing you do before you decide to go on this walk with Jesus is you build your house. Now, I'm not talking about building a physical house and, you know, getting a USDA loan from the government and, you know, getting all the building materials. That's not the house we're building today. Honey, if you would, because you probably know it like the back of your hand, the book chapter verse, pull up that verse where it tells us who the cornerstone is and read that for us. I believe that's in the book of Zechariah. I thought it was in the book of Isaiah, but I could be wrong. Um, Hold on. Give me just a second. I can tell you. Um, so you don't know. <coughs> We're not prepared and in order today. You can see that. You can probably hear the children in the background. It 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 it's a madhouse. Well, we've had a fun day today. We've had a really good day. So you want to know something crazy? Huh? We're both wrong. Where was it? Psalm one eighteen. Ah. But this is why I always search. We got to do is back up one book. Come to the 118th Psalm. It's going to take me a minute. I got to scroll. Scrolling, scroll. Scrolling, scrolling. scrolling and scrolling, scrolling. let's see what it says. 118. Aha, I beat you there. 118, what? 22. Ah, got it right here. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Yep. Now, my love, 
Are we talking about actual builders building an actual house? Mm-hmm. No, wait. I thought you meant like... Are, I misunderstood the question. I'm Are sorry. we talking about actual builders? No, well, it's it goes back. An actual house. It goes back to what the parable. I'm going to pull up the parable. Is there sheetrock and laminate flooring going down? Is there a big old kitchen sink? Are we building a physical where you can see it, touch it house? No, and I can prove that if no. you give me just a minute. Uh. But we know when we read this. Who is the cornerstone that the builders rejected? Who is well, the stone that they threw out that has become the cornerstone? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And he quoted that 118th Psalm too, by the way. I thought he did. Uh-huh. Give me just a second. Eerie silence. You just keep talking. Oh, I need to talk. Okay, so we're building this house. We cannot build a house without cornerstones. We physically cannot. Even though it's not a physical house, it follows those same rules. Which means when we when wisdom is building this house here, she's building it on the foundation that is Jesus. She is building her house of faith. Okay? The first thing that grows in you before you seek the salvation from Jesus is faith. You start believing in something bigger than you. You start believing in a God that can save you. You start believing in a Jesus who died for you. Before you even know the intricacies of his love in this book, faith is being built like a house inside of you. And the cornerstone of that faith is Jesus. Just like Psalm tells us. Well, and this is what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. I mean, because, you know, interpret everything to what Jesus said, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is what Jesus said. Therefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine... And do with them, I will liken him unto a wise man. So there's that wisdom. There's that concept of wisdom. Yeah. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the and the rain descended and the floods came. And when the winds blew and beat up that house, it and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So, somewhere around here, probably in this mess of books that I'm surrounded by, I have the uh, Apostolic Fathers. Yeah. And there's a book in there called The Martyrdom of Polycarp. And literally what it is about is it is about when Polycarp was taken and he was burned at the stake. But before that, it gives some examples of both people who were faithful when they were martyred and people who fell away when they were martyred. Ah. And this is exactly what that's talking about. Oh, yeah. This is why understanding the way of wisdom is so important because Jesus, when it says he was the word became flesh, and we know that the law is wisdom, Jesus was the incarnation of that wisdom. And we have to understand that because his words are the same words that wisdom spoke. And so if we follow those words... We're building our house upon that rock. You, the, those would be the seven pillars, if you will, are the words of Jesus. Well, and you think, how many days are there in a week? Well, there's seven days. How many days do we need our faith? All of them. All seven. That's there's. It's not just. It's not just one thing. It's just so many things it can apply to. Such a beautiful six verses. Um, but yes. This is where our faith starts out. This is where our walk starts out. Okay, guys? If we are not like the wise man, like Jesus told us to be, and build our house upon the rock, with the cornerstone being him, then the rest of our walk is doomed. We might do great for a few years. 
we might even do great for a decade or so, but we will fall away if this original house, before we ever got our salvation, the faith that we stand on isn't solid. So we have our seven pillars. We've built our strong house. Our cornerstone is Jesus. Where do we go next? Now, um, mine in chapter in verse two says she has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. We're going to focus on those two right now. Now, um, hun, can you pull up the verse for us for with that Paul talks about the milk? Yeah, give me just a second because you're catching me off guard today. I know. He's supposed to know, y'all. He's just supposed to know. I know that they're in there, but I don't know where they are. You're That's talking supposed about the sincere him. milk, right? About, yeah, being on, being getting off the milk because they're not babies anymore. I want to say that is actually Peter that said that. I thought it was Paul. Nope. I know it's in there. Paul says something, I think, about the meat of the word in Hebrews as well. That's what I want, the one milk and meat. Um, Uh-oh, you go do that. I'll keep talking. Someone's screaming, Mom, Dad. There's no telling what for. <laughs> First Corinthians 3-2. All right, well, I will flip there and I will read it to y'all. And remember, this is the NKJV, so it's probably going to look a little different than y'all's. First Corinthians what? Three, two. Okay. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, which, you know, meat. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. Now, the reason I want to bring that up to you is to show you that the meat here, solid food, is he is referring to the word of God, the law, and the prophets, and everything in between. This is a comparison of meat and milk to the word. That's what he's talking about. So when we use that um, understanding of the word meat and we apply it here, why would wisdom slaughter her own meat? Well, if the meat is the word, she slaughters it herself. Now, we know biblically and we know, you know, traditionally the women may cook the meat, and we know wisdom is a woman, but who slaughters it? Traditionally, it's the man. So why is wisdom doing it herself? Because when we are first after, what are they screaming about? I don't know. Earlier, it was a personal space issue, so it probably still is. You didn't go check? Yes, I did. Oh. I even moved the child that wasn't respecting space. Um, but the other one just, half the time, she just screams anyway. There are so many of them out there. Um, because we, she's wisdom has built her house of faith. How does she grow the faith? She does it by reading and studying the word of God. So slaughtering her own meat means that she is dissecting the word of God for herself. Because, hun, again, I'm going to test you. Where is the verse that says that the Holy Spirit should be our only teacher of the word? That is in First First John. I'll read it for us. I will follow to First John. I'm seeing what I'm doing again. Sorry, y'all. First Peter, second Peter, first, second, third John. There it is. Right, give me just a second. I gotta pull it up. Better not be wrong. I'm not. Lose just, all faith in your ability. I just confirmed it just to make sure. I love it the is book first of First John. John. 227. Haha, I was even on the right page. 
1 John chapter 2, and this is what verse 27 says in the KJV. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anoint, anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. So this is actually John, the revelator, the same John. So and I'm going to pull this over here so everybody can see it. This is the same John, or this is John who... I get the Johns mixed up. Is this the John that was on the island? Yes, this is in this is the disciple whom Jesus loved, um, and this is him expounding upon what Jesus said. I mix up the Johns, the Marks. And you want to know why you mix up the John and the Marks? Huh? Because Mark's name was John Mark. I know it makes it even that's, worse. That's why you mix them up. So this is John expounding upon Jesus in John chapter. Well, and 16. then there was John the Baptist. That's like three Johns right there. Yeah. Well, John was a very common name. In the New Testament. John's a very common name now. I know like six people named John. That's off point. Sorry, guys. I got ADD. I really do. I'm like diagnosed. Um. So in John chapter 16, Jesus says this. Like the book of John? Like the gospel not, of John. Not one John. John. Yeah. What was, yeah. It, was it you and Caitlin the other day talking about why did this John get to come first? That when was we Caitlin. Were in first John. Yeah. Hey, Caitlin. You are silly. We um, love you. John, what? It's John chapter 16. I'm in 11. Now, I'm uh, trying to find the specific verse. If you tell um, me what you're looking for, I can help you. Well, it's where he talks about the spirit of truth. Um, uh, verse 13. Yep, that's it. And I've even got it circled up here. So he says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man. No, that's John chapter that's 15, 13, sorry. No wonder I can't However, find when it. he, the spirit of truth, truth, has come, he will guide you into, into all, all truth. truth. Yeah, for he speak not of himself, but whatsoever he hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So this is John. This In First John, that was him expounding upon what was said here. Are these the same John? These are the same Johns. Oh. So the common belief is that first John was the cover letter to the gospel. That makes sense. But there's a second John. Yeah. So that and was the same John. that was the same John writing three different letters to three different people. Gotcha. So, um but yeah, that it's in more than one place, I know for sure, where it says the Holy Spirit should be our only teacher of the Bible. We're supposed to come together and discuss it as we're doing now, because this is not me being your teacher. This is me letting the Holy Spirit be my teacher and sharing that with you. Okay, don't want you to take any of it as holy writ. I want you to pray on every word you hear from me and see if you feel the same way too. But This is beautiful. So, wisdom has slaughtered her own meat. She is reading the Bible for herself, which is the first thing we should do when that faith starts growing in us. She is figuring out what she feels about the word of God. Now, after the faith is built on a strong cornerstone, a strong foundation of Jesus. After the word has been read, what do people decide to do? Are you asking me? I'm asking you as I'm looking at you. Um, Can you ask the question again? (laughs) A person walking down the street one day, bam, faith hits them. They're like, hmm, I think I want to learn more about this Jesus. And 
they they build that strong house of faith. Then they dissect the word for themselves. What do they find in here? The answer to salvation. Yeah. So what do they get after this? What do they decide to do after those first two things? They decide to act on it. They decide to act on it. So when it says she has mixed her wine, which I believe KJV says mingled her wine, mingled, mixed, it's all together. This is where it got super amazingly like vivid for me in my brain, and I think you'll love it. She mixed her wine. What does that have to do with salvation? Okay, imagine, imagine here that your soul, your very spirit inside of you is a cup of the finest, sweetest wine, which is why Jesus loves us. You know, he wants to be with us. He loves the very souls inside of us because he put them there. Now, how do you get saved? You accept him as your savior. You do. You accept that his soul, his body, his everything died for you. Yeah. How do you take your soul and bind it to the salvation from his soul? If this is a cup of wine and his is a cup of wine, we mix them together. Let him pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Let him pour the cup of wine that is his spirit and give you salvation in yours. She is mixing her wine. She's getting saved. Wisdom is receiving salvation here in the mixing of these wines of hers and Jesus's just like we we all have who have accepted Jesus now now I'm talking to you hun you're going to answer for them because I can't hear them because they're watching this at another time and date all right if you take one wine and mix in another wine can they ever be separated again no even Kenneth Copeland gets that concept right but Here's the catch. No one is saying that you can't lose your salvation. Now what I'm saying here. So how would we separate the salvation of the soul of Jesus mixing with the wine of our spirit if we ever do fall away? And I don't mean fall away like we're, you know, we still love him and whatnot, but we're going through a rough patch. I mean turning your back. How would you get that salvation out of that soul? Because we know those who have read this book know that salvation can be lost. Okay? It is a free gift, but you can lose a free gift. You can forfeit a gift. You can forfeit. You can lose it. I once lost a $20 card I threw away in an old purse by accident. $20 gift card. I lost it. It was a free gift. You took something that was precious and you didn't appreciate it. Well, I did. You I just, I'm forgetful. You, Which is how we are with Jesus sometimes. But, we, we just forget to love on him because we don't see him. And that's not how we should be. But it, so what I mean by that, what I mean by you didn't appreciate it was, let's take the $20 and all of a sudden let's turn it into a million. And now okay. you lose it. Then <laughs> yeah. Now you lose it. If you really appreciated it, you would have kept up with it better. Oh, yeah. You told yourself you appreciated it, but exactly. when it came to your follow-through, you actually didn't. Exactly. So we know that it can be lost. So, hun, I have the cup. This yes. is my spirit. This is the salvation from Jesus giving his life for us, mixing in with this spirit. How do I get him out of this cup? You have to pour it all out. I have to pour it all out. You turn away from your salvation in Jesus, you lose your own soul, too. There's no getting that back. Which is why he said, what profiteth it a man to gain the world, to gain the whole world, but, lose but to lose his, his soul. soul. Toby so. Mac told us that one. Yep. 
So, the mixing of the wine here, super important. That's why salvation is not a thing we take lightly. It's something that we devote ourselves to with our seven pillars every single day of the week. We test our faith. We keep reading. We keep loving him. We keep showing the world we love him, which we're coming to next because you lose that salvation. And no, it's not done through any of those things that I just said because it's not about how much you can do to keep up with that salvation. It's about what's in here and the reason you're doing it. If you're not, if you're doing it for any other reason than pure, unadulterated, beautiful love for him, then it's not worth anything. It's like two symbols clanging together. It's just noise. You have to feel it in here. You have to. That's the only way to keep your salvation is to truly love him. And that spills out so much that it goes into your actions and every word that comes out of your mouth. But once he is in that cup of your spirit, if he were to ever come out and you turn your back and you forsake him, I'm not talking about the falling away. I'm not talking about the rough patches we've all hit in this life. I'm talking about looking proverbially into his face and saying I don't want you I don't love you I'm done you have to pour out your own spirit too or else he's not coming out of that cup yeah and so just to give a practical example of that I thought that was a practical example no I mean like a a religious example from the bible oh yes so (laughs) that's what the book of Hebrews is about Oh, yeah. These were people that had tasted the Holy Spirit, had seen his power, and decided they were going to turn back to the old Levitical system. Mm. Like. Why would you want to? Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, I guess, you know, they get swept. And here's what it is. It's it's carnality. They get swept up by the beauty of Herod's temple because when you read about it. So I've got this book uh, over here uh, called, as a matter of fact, I think it's over here. It's called the uh, the Temple, um, its Order and Services by uh, Alfred Edersham, mm-hmm. and when he describes it, it's just like you just get swept away by how beautiful it is, yeah. and that's what happens. You know, it's the same thing. People get swept away by things that appear beautiful outwardly in the world, and they just they love that more than they love Jesus, like women. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a practical example for you, all the men out there. You ever been swept away by a beautiful woman and she was just hollow and empty inside? Not saying a good woman can't be beautiful. I mean, you know, I try my best. I, I'm half good looking, and I but I have substance to me. But I know some women that are drop-dead gorgeous that just have nothing inside. I have them. a great example, hmm. Olivia Wilde. Okay. She's a terrible person. Okay. She has gotten on like TikTok or something and just oh, reveled. Oh, I'm there. It's the actress. Yeah. Yeah, reveled Wasn't about there. how. And she um, is gorgeous. But she reveled about how, you know, she basically rejoiced in an abortion. Yeah. Like that's just evil. Which a lot of Hollywood does at this point in life. Thank you because it's Terramite Europe. Yeah, but they're just hollow inside. Or even worse than having nothing, they have evil. Yeah. I know women who, before they knew Jesus, who have had those operations. I don't know if YouTube will let me say that word. Um, oh, who, it's a little late now. I've who they're, it, they're so. eating up for the rest of their lives about it, you know? Where they felt in the moment that they had no choice. Or some literally had no choice because their their life was in danger and the baby's life was in danger. 
And for the rest of their lives, they never get over that. They're eaten alive. Because it's never a thing to revel in. Uh, no, not right now. Do you need your daddy? The wolves. The wolves are almost here. <laughs> She's playing a game. Um, so, we've built our house. We've slaughtered our meat, which is dissecting this word for ourselves. Getting off the milk and into the meat. We have mixed our soul with the salvation that Jesus freely offers us. Now, what's next? She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple... Let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. What is oh, this? Good. What's happening here? After we receive salvation, what are we told to do? Directed at youth. They can't answer me. Give me just a second. Are you I, fiddling I, with the camera? No, I accidentally hit a button and I messed something up and now I'm trying to fix it. The thing that we're told to do after we get saved is tell people about we're it. We're told to go out and teach. Preach the gospel. And yeah, and teach everything that Jesus has commanded. Everything. Because you know why? It's the it's the it's the guy that hid his talent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the first one went out, he had ten talents. He went and invested them, right? Mm-hmm. And got back way more and was rewarded. The second one didn't invest as much, so he didn't get as much back, but because he was faithful with a little bit, he still was rewarded. Got more. But yeah. the third one, and there's a there's a teaching on this uh, from the Doctrine of Christ series. I'm going to have to send it to you sometime because it's really good. Yeah. Um, but I think it was. It might have been an old FOJC one from like 10 years ago. But it talks about how, um, you know, he thought his master was a hard man, right? He did not understand who Jesus was. Because all he saw was the wrath of God and not the love of God. And so he went and or hid that. Or the strictness that. of the law is what some people right. say. Well, he went and he focused too much on the fact that I can lose this, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go bury it. Yeah. Instead That's of taking him this. hiding his lamp under a bush. Yeah, well, and it's him taking the gift of salvation, and instead of going out there and telling so many other people about it. He's hoarding it. He's hoarding it. He's trying to cling to it, and he hasn't gone out there and told everything else that jesus commanded he's only worried about himself there yeah so what is that reward what is that that they're getting back when they invested that little bit of talents that they were given it's more souls that get to be in the kingdom with them one day and what more of a beautiful gift is there than that to know that their loved ones or even people that they've never met on the street that's more family that get to see the everlasting with us and that's what's happening here. Wisdom is shouting. She is, what does it say specifically? From the highest places of the city. She's shouting, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Drink the wine that she mixed. She's saying, come and enjoy what I feel in my spirit because of the salvation that's in there now. She's saying, look at it. Taste it. See if you like it because you will. She's not hiding her lamp under a bush. She's putting it on a hilltop for all to see. Not so we can also take that when it says come and partake of that. So think about it like this too. Christians, as Christians, we're commanded when we drink of the cup of the Lord to do this in remembrance of him. Mm-hmm. But Paul also says that if your heart's not mm-hmm. in the right place when you do this, like it, it could kill you. Yeah. Why? Because 
you can't partake of that. It just goes to show you that you can't even be saved unless you repent first. Because what did Jesus do? He came and he said, repent for Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God. And then he offered his life. Yeah. You have to get your heart in the right place before. and and That's why this order is so important. Well, Yeah, and I've heard David Carrico put it like this. You know, people say that, you know, I'm going to accept Jesus as my savior. And he said, you need to be worried about him accepting you. Yeah, Yeah, because it's a gift freely offered when you know what you're getting into, you know? Yeah, well, and, you know, many are called. You were chosen. You were chosen. This order is so important. If you don't, if you are in the last step here and you're ready to share that, you share it with people when they reach the spot of slaughtering their own meat. That's when we need to go find them. When they're dissecting the word and they need somebody to show them what the end of the path looks like. We're not at the end of our race yet, but. We're in the last steps of our faith, okay? This is the only thing we have left to do is to be faithful and tell people about it. That's it, okay? That's all we got to do. So we need to find people who are in step one and step two, and we need to show them what this life looks like. And that's not talking about showing off, you know, big houses and good clothes and et cetera, et cetera, perfectly well-mannered children that we all wish we had, but we really don't. That Um, would exclude us right there. (laughs) I love them as they are. They are wild and free. Just to put it into Just perspective for you guys on time. who are listening, uh, recently Sarah went to go visit uh, my grandmother and grandfather because my grandfather does our taxes for us. And they haven't seen my kids since Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, the oldest two, of course, run up to my grandfather and they give him a, a big hug. But the little one, she's only met him like... Three times? Three times. That was like her third time because, you know, she's he's very elderly and she was born... In the midst of COVID. Um, and so, you know, we just Pandemic didn't go see them because, you know. Born on this bed over here that you can't see. Yeah. So, <laughs> but they, they they hug him and he looks at Susanna, the youngest. He says, are you going to hug my neck? And she says, um, no. And then runs <laughs> off. Like, that's what I mean by like, if it came down to well-mannered kids, we <laughs> we would be out he laughed about it <laughs> because our um, our kids are so salty well hey but that is the manners that i instilled in them that you know physicalness is never required you can always say no right but i was talking but about the was way just, she said yeah, it she, she didn't say a, no thank you she said um, salted there. no <laughs> <laughs> but she knows that i've taught her that that her body is her temple and she has to feel comfortable in it well, i don't want to say do what she wants with it because that's not what it's about being our temple but well, she, she personal boundaries. Personal it. boundaries are important. Yeah. Well, and your grandpa knows that. He knows. He knows how I do. Yeah. Um. So that's the step that we need to find them in, and it's not about showing them that we've had such a beautiful life materialistically because of our faith. Is that a word? Materialistically. Materially? It can be materially. Mater- materialistically, it's got a lot of syllables, so I'm going with that. In regard to materialism. In regard to materialism. Um, <laughs> what my English teacher would tell me. <laughs> my English teacher was from England in college. That was super fun because everything was about your the perfect diction. And I'm from the South, and it took a lot of time. That's why I speak is not as southernly. So not as southern. Why do these words come out when I'm recording? And I'm not sure if they're real words. Because they come out when you're not recording. You just right now you're examining yourself. I am, and and other so, times I don't care. I mean, I'm same. from the south, so like it took a, we had to translate in between people sometimes because I understand the 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 English accent and she understand the deep south, the deep south 
type south. I started hiding my accent when I started working at the place where I met this thing over here because everybody made fun of me for it. And then when I took that English class, I learned how to speak properly. I just, when I'm lazy, I don't always remember to do it. Um, anyways, <laughs> it's about showing up on a tangent. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so cool. Did they see that? Because it went from my camera and it flew into yours. No. It Did they didn't. see both of us? It didn't even go into my camera. It hit me right here. Would have been fun. So. It's about showing them that we're full of joy even on the bad days. It's about showing them that our faith is with us even in our dark moments. Not that we always have a smile on our face because even Jesus took the time to mourn when it was the time to mourn. But that it doesn't dampen the joy that's in here. It doesn't dampen the fact that we know that we're promised everlasting with him after we leave this earth, that that's always there, even when we're low on money, even when we're low on food. Because in the promise that he made with Jacob, Israel, we know that if we are following this law because of our love for him, we're promised food, clothes, and a return to our father's house. Now, this isn't a return to our physical father's house. It's a return to our father's house in heaven. We'll always get to go back there. We'll always get to fall at his knees and say, I need you on a bad day. Because of that promise, that original promise that God himself still stands by. What? Why would we fall at his knees? Fall on our knees. You knew what I meant, and you need to stop talking. Fall at his feet on our knees and say that we need him. But... We have to show people that walk of faith right there when they're in this part of verses 1 and 2. You need to stop laughing because I can't stand you in your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, of building their house of faith and dissecting the word. That is what I wanted to share. Plug it back in. It is in. Okay. That is what I wanted to share with you today. I'm going to leave here before I have to go dissect my husband's brain and find the smart parts and make sure they work right because he's being very mean to me. I'm not being mean to you. You are. You're over there laughing and you know I ain't. I was giggling because what you said was funny. <laughs> There's a difference. All right, guys. Well, that is it. that is episode zero of TN Scripture. Be sure to tune in two years from now when we do the first episode Stop. of the new season. Stop. <laughs> it's not always going to be this disorganized either, guys, but I have got so much to do. I've got to go milk the goat, and I've got to go repot some plants, and it's 530, and I have to cook dinner and all the things. Yep. So but I wanted to get this to you, so have fun with it. Yep. So from now, from here, we go to... Uh, purge of preparation where we're really going to look at getting the heart right for accepting God's covenant. And then from there, what I'm hoping we can do is go through and piece by piece examine Jesus' claim where he says, I mean, it's not a claim to us, but people would say it's a claim. Yes. Uh, where he says that all the law and the prophets hang on those two commands. Yeah. Because I think, you know, what does the Bible say? It says, uh, prove all things, hold fast to those which are good. So mm -hmm. we're going to roll this. We're going to roll this opening title sequence, and we will got, catch you next time. Why are we rolling time. an opening sequence? Because I also like to close with it. So there you go. Well, they call it a closing sequence. We're going to roll the opening sequence, and then we're going to leave. Yep, that's what I do. <laughs> Bye, guys. Day.